God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with the light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the ocean white with foam. God bless America, my home sweet home. God bless America. My home, sweet home. <clears throat> Welcome to the Bean Town Podcast for Sunday, January twenty seventh. What's going on, Quinn David Furness? Coming to you live, host with the most Bean Town Podcast, the People's Podcast, one of Baltimore City's top five hundred podcasts. What's happening? How is everyone? This is Quinn. This is my voice. We're coming to you live from beautiful 817 St. Paul Street. What's new? How has everyone been? Oh, man. Happy to be here today. I tell you what. What a weekend we have had. I've spent the last, let's see, four weekends or so sitting on my butt watching football and uh, working. And so this weekend, I didn't have quite as much work to do, although still some. Um, and but, but I decided, you know what? I'm going to get out. I'm going to live my life a little bit. And none of my friends, um, all three of my friends, none of them were really around or uh, able to hang out. So I said, let's have a little bit of adventure. Let's have a little bit of fun. So I took the day um, still, well, technically yesterday now we're recording. It's about 1 a.m. Sunday morning, Saturday night. Um, So I'm still my Saturday. But uh, I took the train into D.C., the nation's capital, which you can now visit uh, which is pretty exciting because the government shutdown is over as of Friday night uh, for three weeks at least. But So I take the train down and uh, get off at Union Station and spend the next three or four hours or so just walking around. Uh, put in a solid uh, probably eight, eight-ish, eight or nine miles, uh, walked around the Capitol, uh, the National Mall, also known as the Mall of America, which is pretty neat. Washington Monument, Korean War Monument, uh, Lincoln Memorial, Vietnam. Is it Vietnam or Vietnam? You know, because conventional wisdom says Vietnam. Like everyone's growing up saying Vietnam. But then sometimes you hear people who seem like they are informed on the topic say Vietnam and I'm just really not sure. Uh went to that one, saw my uh my mom's mom brother died over there uh in uh, something like sixty four around that time. 
saw his name on the wall, um, but ended up uh, setting up shop at a coffee shop and uh, had to do some work, yada, yada, yada. But had a fun day, got back, um, and uh, uploaded all my stuff to, to Instagram. So I took a lot of videos, uh, Bean Tom Podcast on assignment. Check it out on my Instagram page at q.queen.d. Again, that's at q.queen.d. Just the, the letter D. No uh, thrills, no frills. So uh, it's all there. I uh, gave a little taste on Snapchat as well. I'm going to try to see if there's like a quick way to amalgamate all the videos I took and, into like one thing and post it on YouTube because that would be kind of fun. Um, we'll see. If I can do that quickly, I'll do it, but I, I might have to spend a lot of time splicing it together i don't know we'll figure something out but uh that's a lot of fun and uh that's what we did today so go check it out bean town podcast on assignment uh again on the instagram page a lot of fun there um let's see what else is new listener discretion is advised when you are listening to the bean town podcast number one will occasionally use some uh not so patriotic language and number two this podcast is just subjectively terrible. So consider yourself forewarned. Uh, first things first, let's check in on a new hashtag friend of the podcast. Don't forget to use hashtag friends of the podcast when you are talking about the Beantown Podcast on social media. Um, of course, last couple weeks now, we've been detailing the Rock Chris saga. Having a lot of fun with it. Um kind of going back and forth so for those of you who are just sort of uh getting your wits about you regarding this situation right now we received an email from a mr rock chris who may or may not be chris rock haven't confirmed yet but uh claimed that he is from burkina faso um however you say the capital city and uh, trying to set up some sort of business partnership. He said something about, um, you know, uh, somebody had passed away, apparently didn't leave a next of kin. My name had come up as a potential suitor. So yada, yada, yada. We're trying to work something out. But uh, this is a give and take thing, you know, rat-a-tat-tat, uh, two-way street sort of deal. And so he wants some of my information. Okay, I say I'll give you some uh, uh give you some of my information you give me some of yours so um here's what uh let's see i think i read this yeah so there hasn't uh, there hasn't been a ton that's happened last week he or this past week he finally emailed me back so to refresh everyone um he had emailed me originally i emailed him back asked him very specific questions including who is the mvp of super bowl 42 um he didn't uh, respond. He responded to some of my questions, but not all of them, which was a problem because I'm not going to be able to move forward on this business partnership until he answers all my questions. So I mentioned to him that I was looking to invest 50% of the funds in a, I believe, diamond mine. Yes, uh, in the forest of central Pennsylvania. I was wondering if he could get a flight out to Pittsburgh as soon as possible. Um, so I kind of proposed that business partnership to him he emailed me back and i i'm very disappointed um honestly so we'll read it um live on air but it's like it's like we're going back to square one in this relationship so here's what mr rock chris emailed us back um on let's see this was thursday and i need to email him back um, i'll do that today but dear brother 
how are you doing together with your family? Joke's on Rock Chris, because I got no family out here. Uh, I hope, fine. I am so sorry for my late respond towards your message. Yeah, well, you should be. Yes, I will be happy to have you as my partner in this transaction if you will make up your mind to work with me. Okay. A little bit of an attitude is what's coming across right now uh, in the email from Mr. Rock Chris. Uh, A little bit concerned. You know, when I'm going into business with somebody, especially a lucrative diamond mine, I'm really looking for uh, calm, cool, collected, uh, square, level head on your shoulders. I really don't need this attitude and... He didn't even mention if he could find a cheap flight to Pittsburgh. I don't think there's anything direct from Burkina Faso to Pittsburgh. Uh, Continuing on here, I read your message today, and it is well understood what you have to do now is get back to me with this information below to enable Bellow. I love how he spells below. This has come up before. Two two, uh, L's, like the the Bellows or something. Uh, Bello to enable me send not a strong writer enable me send the letter of claim as application to you which you will fill and send to our bank for the transfer process so here's where we're back to square one he's just asking me all these different questions now which is like the exact same thing he's already asked me so full name sex age country occupation personal mobile number I love saying it mobile makes me feel British Looking forward to your immediate response. Regards, Mr. Rock, Chris. Maybe Chris Rock. We haven't figured it out yet. Um, so a little peeved at Mr. Rock, Chris, because frankly, I thought we were on better terms than this. I've already given him all, most of that information. Here's the weird thing. He's not even like asking for... Like bank, you know, he's not even like, what's your banking account number and your routing number, like standard Nigerian prince practice. We're just at like a basic information type of practice. So I don't even understand really what the scheme is. Um, so uh, Rock, Chris, maybe Chris Rock, if you are listening out there, shoot us a message. Um, you already have our email address, but for everyone else listening, you can always contact the Beantown Podcast at beantownpodcast.yahoo.com. That is Beantown, B-E-A-N-T-U-D-N podcast at yahoo.com. We are on Twitter at White Buns. Um, yeah, you know where to find us. We're on Facebook. If you like what you're hearing, uh, share us with your friends, repost it, whatever you got to do, like, share, subscribe, retweet. Um, the more of that stuff we get, the more advertising revenue we get. So it's a win, win, win all around. I want to briefly, uh, mention, um, we already spent a lot of time talking about this last week, but just mention for everyone listening, maybe you didn't tune in last week. Again, February is pledge drive month and that's starting next week already. Um, and again, our goal for this year the whole year put together operating cost $235. That includes um, hosting podcasts for a year as well as um, starting their new website, which we will be launching as soon as we secure those funds. So again, here are our donor tiers. These are one-time hits, <clears throat> not monthly, uh, not even annually. It's just a one-time hit donation of the podcast. For $5, you can become a friend of the podcast. This is a personalized email thank you from Podcast at yahoo.com. For $10, you can become a podcaster's best friend. That gets you a personalized shout-out 
on the podcast for $20. You can become a gold level member. That will include an improvised song live on the podcast about you, whatever genre you want, however many expletives you want. It's up to you. For $30, you become a Praline Sunday member. That gets you an autographed picture of Quinn David Furness, the man, the myth, the legend himself, the host with the most, the best boy, the key grip, all that good stuff. And for $50, you can become a Topaz Elite member. That gives you a live interview on the podcast to discuss a topic of your choosing. Uh, Again, if you donate... Above that first level, above that friend of the podcast level, so anything from podcaster's best friend, $10 and above, you will also get, (coughs) excuse me, you also get to choose something else, one other prize from a donor tier below. So for instance, if you donate $10 and you get that shout out on the podcast, you're automatically getting the friend of the podcast level as well. It's a personalized email. Thank you from the Beantown Podcast at Yahoo.com. So everybody who donates here, if you're doing the logic game, playing a little mental clue, a movie I've still never seen. I also haven't seen Men in Black yet. Here's here's the thing. I love the Will Smith Men in Black song. Here comes Men in Black. The one that you remember. Good guys, dress in black. Remember that in case we come to face face and make contact, <clears throat> etc. Struggling with my voice here. I'm gonna have to hydrate. Um, but speaking of Men in Black, you know Tessa Thompson, Chris Hemsworth, Men in Black International coming out. I believe this summer, spring, summer. Not sure. I don't know if we're going to get a Will uh, Will Smith or Tommy Lee Jones or Josh Brolin cameo, but we'll see. I heard okay things. Men in Black 3 was okay. Men in Black 2 was fun. I still haven't seen Men in Black. But, um, yeah, speaking of Tommy Lee Jones, so we'll mention this when the time gets closer, but The Fugitive, one of my favorite movies, Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones, Roles of a Lifetime, I watch it every year right around my birthday, March 16th, because it's the day before St. Patrick's Day. And I like to spend my St. Patrick's Day in Chicago. I have the last, what, five, six years and will again this year. And it's also my birthday weekend. And there's also a very famous scene in The Fugitive that takes place on St. Patrick's Day and St. Patrick's Day Parade in Chicago, where the movie takes place. So it all kind of comes together. I watch it once a year. It's probably the only movie that I religiously watch annually, but it's a tradition. So all that being said, if you donate above that $5 friend of the podcast level, you also get to choose one prize from a donor tier below. So if you are a $50 Topaz Elite member, you could also you know, get a personalized email thank you. You could get a shout-out, an improvised song live on the podcast. You could even get an autographed picture of Quinn David Furness. So you got a lot of options. But that's the Pledge Drive fundraiser coming up this February. We're going to be pushing it hard on social media, email campaigns, direct marketing, uh, gap-to-gap communications, inquiries to prospects, all this good stuff. So... 
<coughs> check us out and don't forget to use hashtag friends of the podcast. So a couple other things to get to. We're going to keep this pretty brief because we ended up getting over an hour last week. But uh, first thing, I've had this song stuck in my head for a couple of days now. And it's incredible because I didn't even know this song existed until a couple of days ago. So anyone who knows me knows I'm a big Michael McDonald fan, big Kenny Loggins fan. Fan. What does that mean? Fan association by attrition. And I get, you know, I got the YouTube uh, kind of, kind of like an iPod shuffle where you autoplay, you just let it go. I don't use the Spotify. Uh, I'm not really doing iTunes, although I will say you can always find the Bean Town Podcast on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, Google Play, uh, <coughs> Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Not really CastBox. I have to manually upload that. Wherever you find your podcast, unless we're not where you listen to your podcast, that's where you can listen to the Beantown Podcast. So I got, you know, my Kenny Loggins sort of YouTube autoplay playlist going. <coughs> God, I feel like I'm in the geriatric ward right now with this cough. Mercy. And... uh this song comes on when I'm in the shower, and I've never heard it before, and I have no idea who's singing it. So I go back through my history after I get out of the shower. I find out a band called Ambrosia, which is a much bigger band than I could possibly imagine. I'm shocked that I wasn't aware of these guys before, because they were pretty big in the 1970s. And I apologize to my older listeners listening right now who are screaming at their streaming device saying, Quinn, how could you not know Ambrosia? I say, I hey, I'm Gen X or one of those millennials, Gen X, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I'm not sure which one I fall into, but um, the song, which is one of their biggest hits, Biggest Part of Me. Great song. It's it's awesome. It's like pure 70s, but I've had it stuck in my head for a very long time. Um, you know, it's like... There's a new sun rising, see a new horizon, keep me realizing you're the biggest part of me, feeling that forever, gonna stay together forever, now until forever, you're the biggest part of me, you're the life that breathes in me, you're the biggest part of me. So, if you don't know the song, which, not to sound haughty, but if I have no no idea it was on my radar, I'm guessing at least 10% of my listening population, it wasn't on their radar either. So go check it out, Biggest Part of Me by Ambrosia. It's a great song. Killer vocals. And you watch the live version, those guys had some hair. It's nice. It's good stuff. But moving ahead here... Uh, <clears throat> 
This has been rough. Don't do your podcast at 1 a.m. is what sort of what we're learning from this experience. Two things. Uh, well, three total if you include our advertisements. But one thing here that I want to make very clear my stance on, and then we'll advertise, and then we got some uh, movies to discuss. Um, electric scooters. The new kinds that have taken over our cities and our metro areas, birds, limes, lemons, whatever you want to call them, whatever brand you're using, I don't care. They're all the same. These electric scooters that look exactly like those cheap plastic ones you could get from Kmart for like 15 bucks growing up, but I never got, I don't know, because we were poor, I don't know. Um, they are, and I'm going to use, I'm going to use some language here. So if you want to skip ahead two minutes or so, I'll keep it short, go for it. But I'm going to use language because it's for me personally, the best way for me to describe how I personally feel about it. So here comes some language, get the bleeper ready. Listener's question is advised. I fucking hate those scooters. They are God fucking everywhere. And I thought it was bad in Baltimore. I go down to D.C. today. Holy shit. It's an infestation. And in Baltimore, we have two brands. There's lemons and there's birds. I swear to God, there's like four different GD scooter companies down there. In addition to the bike shares, which is great. Give me the bike shares because, you know... I don't know even know if there's a difference now between the bike shares and the scooters. I am a man of the bikes because you actually have to pedal. You actually have to work for it. These effing scooters, and it's all, swear to God, white people age, I don't know, 18 to 25, my demographic. But they ride in packs. They come in fucking hordes. And... I got clipped multiple times today. It's not fun. It hurts both of you. Um, They don't really have much respect. They get pissed off when they're, you know, they're like riding around the Lincoln Memorial. And there was this group that was upset because there were so many people. It's like, well, don't take your effing scooter to the Lincoln Memorial, you piece of crap. And the worst part is when you're done with the scooters, you just lay them in the street. There was literally, I was walking along Massachusetts Avenue in D.C. today, literally in the middle of a two-lane, or a, a, well, two-lane, one-way street, just, you know, a couple scooters chilling in the right lane, and traffic couldn't go through there. And it's just like, this is not acceptable. I... Good good for those scooter companies for being smart because they make a killer amount of money. But for God's sakes, we need some sort of policy regulation and we need it fast. Or take the New York route and just kick them out. Um, I don't know. I, I get why a city like Baltimore, D.C. wouldn't want to just ban them because it makes the city easier to get around, higher happiness, city chemistry, whatever you want to call it, probably good for business, but damn, I hate, hate, hate those scooters. Um, 
if I could burn all of them, I would. So that's my rant on scooters, I'm sure, because it's something I hate. They're only going to become more and more popular as we continue. So let's, uh, let's move on here, getting into some advertising. Home Pride, Oregon. Are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth, all because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector in time? Well, Oregon listeners, there is good news. Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon, is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider with inspection services including things like heating and cooling, roofing, plumbing, and so much more. Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and home inspection certified, so you know you're getting the good stuff. If you're tired of big real estate stranglehold on the home inspection market and you want a safe, certified home inspector you can trust, call Steve at 541-207-1101 or visit homeprideoregon.com. That's 541-207-1101 or visit homeprideoregon.com. Home Pride Oregon. Inspection perfection. I want to give a shout-out to the Samson Q2U Series Dual Threat for sticking with us all these years. Beautiful, clean, crisp audio quality. Samson, for when you want to have the voice of 10,000 men and you're looking to bring down some Philistines. Uh, update on the TV guide that I ordered with my Spirit Rewards Miles months ago at this point. Still hasn't arrived. Um, all I wanted was one TV guide copy with Dan Connor on the front of the new ABC Roseanne reboot spinoff, The Connors. That's all I wanted out of my spirit rewards because they didn't offer me golf digest. Um, There was no men's health. And what I really wanted, Victoria's Secret, not because I'm a perv, because of the coupons, and I can sell them to my friends. Uh, None of that either. I'm a businessman. I'm a businessman. All right. Water. I matched with a uh, Christian girl uh, actually within days of each other on both Bumble and Hinge because those are the two I use these days. And she said her ideal first date is sushi and church. And I don't do either of those things. So... We talked for a little bit. You know, I'm very well-versed in Christian uh, lore, stories, and uh, Christian-related comedy. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're making some small talk, water into wine, bread in the body, or uh, what is it? The bread and the blood, excuse me. Showing off my true uh, comedy here. And... Uh, I just eventually I had to stop messaging because frankly I can't I can't go out 
with a super religious person if that religion is integral to their walk of life. Um, and a good example of this is me in grad school, already way off the religion train, organized religion at least, uh, who for a, a short period of time was trying to uh, impress slash go out with this very Christian girl and tried to convince myself that I could, you know, after years and years of being off the wagon, jump back into the church game and just hit it up like I never left. That lasted about two weeks. And now we're here. So last week we spent a lot of time talking about my favorite movies of 2018. Thanks everyone who tuned in and shared what you liked, what you didn't like. But of course, Tuesday morning, which, quick comment, is anyone else shocked at how they do the Oscar nominations? I mean, it comes out on a Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. on the East Coast, which is 5 a.m. Hollywood. Doesn't it seem like the Oscar nominations... It's like the lowest possible hanging fruit for some sort of primetime TV special. I mean, there must be a good reason why they announce them at 5 a.m. on a weekday in Hollywood. Because, like, you could throw those babies on ABC and get somebody famous to host it. Like, when they had... Well, they... So, they get... They got Kumail Nanjiani and... Uh, God, it's going to make me look like a sexist, of course because I can't remember the female who they threw on with him. I'm a big Kumail fan. Um, speaking of which, I did not see Nathan Phillips or the Covington Catholic kids at the Lincoln Memorial today. Uh, I did feel, as a white man, a little... Uh, I was nervous, uh, I will say, just the whole day, kind of walking around the National Mall and the monuments. Um you know, usually you're fine as a white male, but I will say on this trip, um, based off of everything that's been going on in our country, um, it was it was a little scary, but I'm okay. Thanks. Um, where was I? Oscar nominations. Interesting that it hasn't been. If LeBron James can make his decision, taking my talents to South Beach, into a primetime special. You would think that they would have the Oscars nominations be some sort of primetime special and not 5 a.m. Hollywood, but I digress here. Um, I don't want to, I'm not going to rant on this for super long. It's not even that big of a rant because everyone knows the Oscars are not fake, but they're just, they lack something. There were some significant snubs, and it was worse this year than past couple of years. Not only were, was the overall body of movies weaker this year than it's been in the past multiple years, at least three or four years, but they missed some big ones, and it hurt. Um, starting with Best Picture, I don't have many issues with Best Picture um, as a whole, Notable thing is that the last two years they have nominated nine films. This year they went down to eight. 
which I don't know how really to feel about that. The one movie that got nominated that I just don't get, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. If you are out there and you've seen it and you feel prepared to defend your position, please let me know why you believe, yes, it should be nominated for Best Picture because I just don't get it. Um, and I just don't understand. Don't feel like it was that good of a movie. Not even like, I don't know. It was cool to see the transformation. They did a good job with the music. Fine. But just the movie as a whole, as an art piece, like, no thanks. Didn't love it. Um, but uh, the only, well, you can go back through my list of my 17 favorite films or 18 from 2018, and I don't even know if any of the ones I reviewed were on there. Maybe the favorite. I think that was the only one. Um, Beale Street didn't get nominated, and then I could, you know, I could give you five, six films that I feel like definitely had the chops for Best Picture um, that weren't nominated and weren't going to be nominated. So, just a more an overall snub through Best Picture. But let's get into some of the specific ones. Um, Bradley Cooper being snubbed as director for Star is Born is going to be talked about by everyone forever. So I don't need to spend a ton of time talking about that. Um, Barry Jenkins. Director of Moonlight, which won Best Picture, and uh, director of, of course, If Beale Street Could Talk, which got double snubbed here. No Best Picture, no uh, Best Director. That's tough because bringing James Baldwin to life on screen is not as easy as you might think. A lot of nuances. Um, Really tough to coach that acting. No best director for Barry Jenkins is pretty uh, pretty cruel. Um, okay, let's talk best actor. Fine with four out of five. Even the Bohemian Rhapsody, Rami Malik. I don't know how to say his name. Malek. Um, Rami. I don't know. I won a Rami scholarship. R-A-M-I, when I was in high school for piano. I don't really know. I don't remember how it happened. I think it was like $50. But look at me now. Um, but number five, Willem Dafoe at Eternity's Gate, which this is tough for me to snub or, or discuss one half of it. I'm going to get to the second half of it. The first half is Willem Dafoe at Eternity's Gate, a movie that I actually really want to see, and I really like Willem Dafoe. I really hope he gets... Um, an actual award before he hangs it up. He's now been nominated a couple times this year for Ed Attorney's Gate. He was nominated for Florida Project last year, um, which he very well could have won, but Sam Rockwell was really good in uh, Three Billboards. But he gets nominated this year. Okay, I can't say anything about it. haven't seen it. Still love him. It's nothing against Willem Dafoe. But here's who did not get nominated. For best actor, Ethan Effing Hawk for First Reformed. And this is one of the best acting performances, man or woman, in a long time. Um, he was brilliant playing a minister going through um, sort of a 
trial in his own faith walk based off of what he's actually experiencing in his human-to-human personal relationships. It's an amazing film. Great directed or great direction by uh, Paul Schrader. But Ethan Hawke was so good. Here's a guy who's been nominated three times now. He got one of the before Sunrise, whatever. I think he was nominated for one of those times. And then Boyhood, he got nominated, which is a great movie also, by the way. Um, But he was so good in this. And when I saw the movie this summer, I was thinking, this is the type of movie that he might actually win for this. I had really high hopes. And I was pretty pretty confident going to the nominations that he was going to be um, nominated. I thought, okay, after seeing Vice, Bale was pretty damn good as Cheney. That could be tough to beat. But, you know, Ethan Hawke is Ethan Hawke. Um, and so when he didn't get nominated, uh they even tweeted about it, and I don't tweet very often. Pretty, um, pretty damn pissed, TBH. Let's keep going here. Uh, some people have mentioned Tony Collette in Hereditary movie, which I just saw for the first time like two or three weeks ago. Two thoughts: one, yes, she was fantastic. Easily could have been nominated. Easily should have been nominated. But two, people don't get nominated for horror movies and i'm not saying that's right i'm not saying that's wrong it's more right than it is wrong or it's more wrong than it is right but it's it was never gonna happen so if anyone went into the awards feeling like tony collette she could be a real contender this year no she wasn't gonna get nominated moving on here no mr rogers sorry for the long pause I was yeah, it's get, getting close to 2 a.m. here. My mind is starting to... Ooh. No, Mr. Rogers, will, won't you be my neighbor for best doc? Kind of like Ethan Hawke for me, but more extreme in that I legit thought going into these nominations that Won't You Be My Neighbor was the front runner for this award. I was like, okay, this can be an interesting battle between Mr. Rogers and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It's pretty even 50-50 split on who's going to win, but I could see Mr. Rogers doing it. I think he's got the edge right now. It's such a beloved, uh, iconic figure and has been kind of relevant for longer than RBG has. Not that RBG hasn't been relevant, but her popularity has just recently spiked, whereas Fred Rogers, I mean, he's been a champ forever. So when that didn't get nominated, and people are going to be talking about this, and so I don't need to rant for too long, but I, I don't get it. Like, amazing documentary. One of the best I've ever seen. And no nomination. One of those that makes no sense to me. On a side note, super happy that Mining the Gap got nominated. It's going to bring a lot more attention and exposure to issues um, and just Rockford in general that people need to know about, great. But at the expense of Won't You Be My Neighbor? I, they should have both been nominated. Plowing ahead here. There were some snubs with First Man. Here's the thing. Haven't seen it yet. 
so I'm part of the problem because it was a box office failure, but a great movie from what I've heard. I've heard Claire Foy is fantastic in it. It's a movie I need to see. Like Damien Chazelle. Don't love Ryan Gosling, but I'm sure I'll enjoy the movie. But there were some snubs there. I'll get back to it um, again once I've seen it. Let's see. What else? Uh, a couple other things. Oh, there's one big one I have to get to here. But a couple movies that didn't get anything that deserved something. Eighth grade, nothing, which is a great movie. I don't understand how how that doesn't get nominated for something. It was so good. What else? Uh, where did my list go? I have my list in front of me in my favorite movies. Let's let's talk about the big one here, and another one that everyone's going to be talking about. But I have to give it its due diligence. Timothy Chalamet. No Best Supporting Actor nomination for Beautiful Boy. I don't know if the Academy was just trying to be like, okay, pump the brakes. Let's not let this kid get too big for his head. After Call Me By Your Name and Lady Bird last year or what their deal was. But he was amazing in Beautiful Boy. Anyone who thinks it's easy to play a drug addict and play it well, is severely misinformed. That's really difficult to do. In fact, Lucas Hedges um, isn't given as much emotional range to work with in Benny's Back, but did a pretty damn good job of it as well. I'm not saying he should have been nominated, although Lucas Hedges in Boy Race was great as well, as was all the acting in that movie was great. I know, you know, Joel Edgerson's not going to get nominated uh, for director or Best Supporting Actor, and Nicole Kidman could have been nominated for Best Supporting Actress, but nothing for Boy is Race. I didn't get nominated for anything, um, and neither did Beautiful Boy. Neither did Paddington, too. But Timothy Chalamet not getting nominated, he was so good playing off of Steve Carell in particular, but also um, Meg Ryan and I forgot who plays the new, the the stepmom in that movie, but that's just like, I don't know how that doesn't get nominated for anything. Um, Just running through my list here. Obviously I would have liked to see Leave No Trace get nominated for something. Thomason McKenzie, like, I don't know how you play better than what she did. So, Thomason, if you're if you're a hashtag friend of the podcast and you're listening to this installment and you're thinking, where's my Oscar? I am with you. I'm with you, sister. Uh, but running through, there are a couple other things I want to mention, but I'm just running out of steam here. Anyways, so those were some snubs, some of the bigger ones, but just ones that I noticed. Not as invested, just on the whole in the Oscars this year. And I truly just do feel like the overall body of movies, not quite as strong, but also just not as memorable. Like there are still movies from many years ago, like Moonlight, Manchester by the Sea, that I just love. And I can watch any time, never get sick of it. They've made a profound impact on my life and my emotions. There aren't movies 
like that this year. I mean, Leave No Trace left a pretty big impact on me. Mission Impossible, I walked out of that theater more giddy than I almost ever am about a movie. Um, And I really liked American Animals, just on the whole, loved it. But, I mean, you look at the list of the Best Picture uh, nominations, and none of those, frankly, had or I think will have any sort of lasting impact on me. I mean, Vice was good, um, and I liked it. But I th- I think I'm going to you know view it, and this is just lumping together because it's Adam McKay in a similar style, but, you know, The Big Short. Another movie that, yeah, I'll remember, and I'll remember I watched it, and good acting, and interesting storytelling, but I'm not going to, you know, not gonna it's not gonna leave an impact on me after a couple weeks after seeing it uh bohemian rhapsody i've already talked about i don't want to pardon my french i don't want to shit on it anymore but i just man i don't get it um the favorite a movie i liked but again not gonna have much of a lasting impact on me rachel weiss though if you're out there call me up uh, Black Panther, I think, will be remembered because of its place in the MCU, and it's a good movie, and I'm not going to shit on it at all. Um, good for a comic book movie being nominated first time, but it just brings light to the fact that The Dark Knight wasn't nominated for Best Picture, which is a atrocity. Uh, Black Klansman, can't say anything. Haven't seen it yet, unfortunately. Need to make time for it because Adam Driver is one of my favorites, and I've heard great things about John David Washington, who is another snub, by the way. Green Book, I liked, but a little bit too feel goody for me. And the ending just devolved into planes, trains, and automobiles. And because of that, I I think I'm going to remember planes, trains, and automobile automobiles, and I don't think I'm going to remember Green Book. Um, Star is Born. Liked it, but I think I'm going to remember Crazy Heart better, frankly. And then Roma, uh, which I haven't made the time to see. I've mentioned this to people when I've been talking about it. Roma is going to be a tough one for me just because anytime you're watching a foreign language film, unless you speak that foreign language, which I don't, I only speak English and I speak bullshit, you have to actually watch it. You can't like listen and be doing something else and still understand what's going on. You physically have to have your eyes on the screen at all times, which is just a big um, commitment. And I, I, wa- I do watch foreign language films occasionally, but most of the time when I do, it's a movie I really want to see, and it's a movie that has gone to theaters so that I'll go see it. And one other side note, none of the foreign language films on that list have come to my local art theater and it's already the end of January here. The Oscars are in a month here. So a little concerned because I did get to see at least three of the foreign language films from last year. Uh, We're talking best foreign language Oscar nominations. I saw um, beautiful woman, which won. I saw loveless, the Russian movie really sad. And then I also saw The Insult, which was a uh, lesbian movie. Much in the same way that Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone and Olivia Colman were getting it on in the favor. I did see a tweet today, or it was like a news article that said Rachel Weisz said that 
their sex that she had with um, Rachel McAdams in Disobedience, which is a solid movie from this past year, was like some of the best she ever had. And that's all I needed to hear. So with that, I don't... 48 minutes what did i even talk about we're gonna have to go back and listen to the tape on this i apologize a couple long weeks in a row here but uh we'll be getting ryan austin ligon on the podcast in a couple weeks here to uh predict some oscars gonna be tough this year uh we thought it was tough last year (laughs) we are uh we have another thing coming to us this week so that's about all i got to say Thank you for listening. Again, if you're interested in seeing the Bean Tom podcast on assignment in Washington, D.C., your leading source for misinformation, go find me on Instagram. Uh, I'm at q.queend. I'm not even like hunting for new subscribers or likes at this point. I just think it's a, I don't know, I had a lot of fun making the series. And I think it's a really funny thing to watch. So check that out. Um, tweet at us at White Buns. Email us, BeantownPodcast, Yahoo.com. That's Beantown, B-E-A-N-T, to the podcast at Yahoo.com. And if you find Rock Chris, maybe Chris Rock, let him know. Um, he still hasn't told me who won Super Bowl MVP at Super Bowl 42. And until he answers that, we're not opening a diamond mine in central Pennsylvania. So, mm. Just getting loopy. For all of us here at the Beantown Podcast, this has been Quinn David Furness. I hope everyone has a lovely week. We will check in on you next week, February, start of the Pledge Drive fundraiser. Again, my Venmo is Quinn-Furness, and that's all I got for you. So take it easy. Have a good one. I'm going to bed, and I'll see you later.